with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back on the block here on 93.7 The Ticket. We are uh, having a good time here on a Wednesday uh, and uh, having actually a pretty much of a celebration here as well because Nebraska just uh, ended up get with a comeback win over New Mexico State out there at Haymarket Park, 6-5, to five, and it took some heroics late to do it. So uh, very cool because it was looking like it was headed in the opposite direction. We'll talk about it here on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline now, 402-464-5685 with Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Evan, how are you doing today? Hey, Jake. Yeah, it works out well. We can have sort of an unofficial <clears throat> postgame. This is just one of a handful of games I'm technically not covering this year, so this works out well. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if we were going to be able to catch up with you because, uh, you, you know, usually on the beat. But either way, Nebraska gets the win 6-5. to five. Uh, How frustrated are you with BTN right now? <laughs> yeah, they've had technical difficulties for a while. That's uh, not helpful for them. That's not helpful for anyone who wants to watch. Um, but, you know, I'll – if they can figure this thing out by conference play, I'll take it over all that stuff that we saw on the road last year, whether that was the security camera footage at one spot or the, the <laughs> 90s style video we've seen somewhere else. So, uh, you know, beggars can't be choosers, I suppose. It could be worse. But, yeah, that was bad timing. And w- what was the, kind of the story for the day? How did Nebraska end up with this victory? Well, it didn't look like they were going to for a while there. I mean, they I think they had one hit through the first maybe five or six innings there. Um, it sort of looked like that offensive breakout yesterday wasn't going to carry over. Uh, but then they, you know, they, they put on some pressure against the New Mexico State bullpen. Cam Chick has a big two-run home run in the eighth to make it interesting. And then, you know, in the ninth, Nebraska – kind of shows what it was uh, unable, unable to do earlier in the year. It works a couple walks, and then it gets a couple clutch hits. Garrett Anglum ties the game with one out, and then uh, you know they miss a chance to, to bring in the runner from third with fewer than two outs. And Efrai Cervantes, who's been sort of uh, one of the better redemption stories for this team, ends up getting the game-winning walk-off hit. So more excitement for Nebraska. They walked off UNO earlier in the week. New Mexico State, you know, this, this, uh, it's, it's interesting because this is just how it goes every year for Nebraska, no matter who the players are, no matter who the coaches are, it's tough going on the road typically. And then you come home and the, the weather warms up, the opponents maybe aren't quite as difficult and they start stacking wins. And that's what they're doing here. And, um, to overcome the slow offensive start and to overcome, you know, a, a, a sort of a, a bad start by Drew Christo where he's not able to get out of the first inning and the bullpen comes in and does what it does. Uh, it feels like one of those wins that could maybe uh, lead to some momentum here this weekend and beyond. Hey, Evan, how you doing, man? It's Strick. Listen, I wanted to uh, just kind of see that some of your thoughts about the inconsistencies that they're having. Do you think it's just an overall thing, bad timing on hitting, uh, just pitching, still trying to figure it out. The rotations maybe a little out of whack. Uh, players maybe still not in, 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 in maybe the flow or the feel of what they um, are getting comfortable. Uh, how, do, how do you view it so far with what you've seen in the, the inconsistencies? Uh, definitely. And I know you understand about the road and coming home. Yes, that's, that's been a consistent thing for, for Nebraska. But what about some of the things that you, you are seeing now that you would like to see more of or they need to do more of? 
Well, you know, I, I think I've said this on here before too, but like in college baseball, what your lineup and what your rotation looks like in mid-February can be a whole heck of a lot different by the time you get into late March and April and conference play. And that's generally, you know, I, I think Ben Nebraska's approach and a lot of schools' approach is you take these first, you know, four or five weekends to sort of figure things out, who steps up in, in the bigger moments, who can you count on. You start defining roles, especially out of the bullpen a little bit. And we've seen Nebraska looking for some sort of continuity that, for that winning combination. I mean, their, their lineup has been different most days as they've been, uh, you know, trying to find a way to start stringing together runs. It was different again um, in this series against New Mexico State than it has been before that. And the rotation has changed too. I mean, Cody Frank began the year as sort of that guy you might think might be a midweek starter, and now he's their Friday guy. Uh, I mean, he's done that now for a couple of weeks. He's earned that spot. So they're still figuring out the rotation. The starting pitching, which was not good the first couple weekends of the year, has gotten quite a bit better. Um, the defense has sort of flashed hot and cold. I think you'd, you'd, you'd like to see that shore up a little bit more. I mean, they set the bar so high in that regard last year that it almost feels like it's inevitable that it's going to be a little bit of a step back from that. And then offensively, again, they feel like they have – you know, depth of offense where they have a number of batters, you know, nine, 10, 11 guys deep, and they just haven't found that combination yet. So this two-game series against New Mexico State, I mean, they score 12, and then they start start this one slow and come back and get four runs uh, in the eighth and ninth inning combined. So I think they're starting to figure out those roles a little bit more. I know Will Bolton, his staff, really, uh, that, that's, a, that's a point of emphasis for them is really uh, articulating to players what they expect of them. And I think with Michigan now, you know, nine days away from coming into Haymarket Park, they're getting closer to that. And, and they're probably not quite there yet, but you want to see a little consistency heading into Big Ten play a week from now. And, and of course, this may be, like, you know, kind of far from t- a stop of mind at this point, but I know preseason the expectations or the hope was to kind of advance the, the team from where they were. You know, Big Ten champions are going to have that kind of X on their back this, this whole op- or this whole Big Ten season. But the idea was, was maybe to, to get into a position um, to host a regional. Do you think with their, their non-conference struggles, I suppose, to start the year, um, that that might already be out of the question? Yeah, I mean, it's it's awfully unlikely at this point. Their marquee non-conference series are now behind them. TCU was their biggest chance. And unfortunately, due to reasons beyond their control, they didn't get a chance against San Diego State, which double-booked and never ended up coming to Lincoln, and then Long Beach State, which was ranked earlier in the year, and uh, weather kept them away, too. So, you know, they, they missed out on a lot of chances to build that RPI in the non-con. BYU is coming to Lincoln uh, later in the season. That's a possibility to bump it up a little bit. But, um, you know, it, it's going to be tough because the Big Ten, you kind of look around what the league is doing. It's not – it doesn't appear to be a strong league this year. I mean, I think nine nine of the 13 teams in the league are totally resetting their rotations, which is pretty key. I mean, Michigan's strong. Maryland is strong. Um, Iowa, maybe. But beyond that, there just aren't a lot of chances to build up a lot of that RPI. So, you know, barring some kind of just a, a crazy run, I think – 
Nebraska probably is trending toward the same sort of situation that it has been the last few years, which is, uh, you know, contend for the league title, show that you're one of uh, the better teams in that league. And then if you don't win the thing or if you don't win the conference tournament, then you um, at least have a a case for an at-large spot and you take your chances on the road as like a two or a three seed in some regional. So it seems like uh, that's sort of where Nebraska will end up being, barring, you know, again, some sort of bigger surprise. But, uh, you know, kudos to them for for setting the bar high and wanting to host a regional. It just doesn't seem like that's in the cards this year. And transitioning to football, I I don't know. Obviously, the the kids are on spring break, so there's no practice this week. Uh, But I don't know if you got a chance to catch up to it with the Bustin' with the Boys podcast. But much was made of uh, Casey Thompson kind of saying that there's a possibility and maybe even expectation that if you're a starter on this football team that you could make up to, you know, six figures in the NIL uh, type of deal. Um, It seems to me to be that I don't know if if any any college across the country is really flaunting that sort of stuff, but that that would seem to be a pretty high (laughs) on the on the sales pitch. If I were at Nebraska, why do you think schools aren't really jumping into into that pitch? I guess so far. Yeah, it was an interesting interview. Uh, You know, like you said, you know, you have the potential to make six figures. That'll get anybody's attention if you're a high school kid shopping around um but yeah it's 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 such a, a murky sort of deal because a lot of these are i mean they're all private transactions right this isn't a situation where you can uh you know foia documents from a university or something like that like this is all uh, you know a private business uh, a private individual making a deal and doing it so a lot of times you don't you don't really know what's true and what's not. Not to say that Casey Thompson's not telling the truth, but it's just you have to kind of go on anecdotes and um, just just sort of vagaries that people put out there. But it, I think in the bigger picture, it absolutely, to me, was one of the strongest signals yet that um, you know NIL is going to shape what Nebraska does in the future. It's going to shape how college sports and specifically college football come together down the line i mean scott frost was was asked about it too and, and, and essentially said if nebraska wants to get back to where it was as a dominant power in college football one of the things it has to do is really be on its game in terms of nil and so nebraska's situation as is uh, the case with a lot of other programs is they have a, a third party sort of collective of donors and uh boosters who who come together and help pay some of these guys and so we don't see a lot of it we don't hear a lot of it guys don't necessarily flaunt it on social media it's not obvious like uh you know facilities would be for recruiting or, or maybe academics are for university but no, you know make no mistake i think this interview was just another strong reminder that even though this nil era is less than a year old it's already becoming you know a key part of how schools and recruits go about finding the best places for them yeah, so Evan, uh, you, are you a, a big March Madness guy? Do you fill out your bracket? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I'm, you know, I'm not. Uh, I take my chances up to like the Sweet 16. To, you know, throw a few upset picks out there, and then I don't know. It's it's hard for me to to pick a team like uh, you know George Mason back in the day or whatever to go to the Final Four. Um, I think I, I have Kentucky and Auburn in the final for what it's worth. I think those are two teams that. Uh, you know, flew slightly under the radar from what your number one seeds would be. But, yeah, man, if I were in high school, I'd be playing hooky and staying home tomorrow watching the games, and and (laughs) I'll be doing it tomorrow anyway. But, yeah, it's great. I can't wait. 
Yeah, that, that's always a lot of fun. Who do you, who do you think knows less about college basketball? All the the experts all of a sudden, because nobody really pays attention outside. It's kind of regional. It kind of seems like you know as far as your conference goes. And then all of a sudden, everybody has watched. Everybody knows everybody. So do they know less? All the all the all the all your bracket buddies or the people that CBS hires to actually cover the tournament? Because for some <laughs> reason, they just go and get NBA guys to come in on it. I mean, you're totally right, but like, I'll tell you this, and, and maybe you guys have similar stories, but like, you know, I've lost to my mom in a bracket contest before because she picked the mascots that she liked, yeah. or I've seen people lose, uh, to, you know, experts <laughs> lose to people who pick their favorite colors, uh, or you just, you know, you throw darts at a board. So it's it's a humbling, humbling venture, man, to, to try to get it. I, I have a ton of respect for anyone who can hit you know the you know 15 of 16 sweet 16 teams something like that i think that's even more impressive than necessarily picking the national champion just because of how volatile the thing is so you know we all give it a try our back brackets are usually all busted by mid-afternoon on thursday and then we do it again the next year so let's give let's let's go <laughs> absolutely we're all excited to do it once again this year it's one of my favorite times of the year he's evan bland of the omaha world Harold. evan thanks for joining us today Thanks, guys. All right, there he goes. Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Uh, again, helping us run down the Husker baseball. Coming back and getting a win today, so sweeping the series against New, against New Mexico State. Uh, Much-needed series victory there after the 12-6 victory yesterday. They come back and win 6-5 to today. Uh, we'll take a quick break, but when we come back... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go Buck, before we go to break, yeah. I need my text line to light on fire. I'm almost finished with my bracket I want to know what you think your final four picks are. Shoot us at the 402-464-5685 on the Sauter Heyman text line. I want to know what your final four picks is. I make my decisions this evening to put mine together, and yours might be in my final four. So I, I need your help. 402-464-5685. <laughs> Shoot Stricky your final four numbers or your picks. And let me let me let me take a look at it on my cheat sheet. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people are, are like 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 uh, Evan kind of said. You take your risks early, and then by the time you get your final four, it's a lot of one and two seeds. So maybe try to to take a swing because sometimes that can work out for you. But more often than not, it is the one and two seeds that end up winning the whole thing. Uh, we do have our, our our game show coming up next. Shootout with Strick, your chance to win fifteen dollars to Buffalo Wings and Rings. We'll be out at Buffalo Wings and Rings tomorrow and Friday for March Mayhem, and we'll be watching and all the games broadcast and live out there. Uh, but for now, you can become a winner even before the games start. Call us right now, 402-464-5685. The first one in line will be our contestant today to try to take down Strick as we have our little game show shootout with Strick. Uh, it, it, sometimes it, it helps to be smart. Sometimes it really doesn't matter. You can just be lucky, and then, you know, it's either-or type of format, so uh, you can't be too wrong. Uh, so give us a call, 402-464-5685. The first one in line will have a chance at $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings if they can beat Strick at that game show. That's coming up next here on the block on 93.7 The Ticket.